Welcome, everybody, to Truth Unbound, and this is the podcast that answers the dilemmas, the questions, the doubts that there are of the things that are happening in our society, our culture, uh, in the world, um, and questions that we have about God and the Bible and theology and the church. And so we look to God to give us those answers from his word and then also see how he wants us to respond to those things. And as you can see today, I have a special guest with me, and this is my wife, Denise, <laughs> of uh, approaching 38 years mm -hmm. in marriage and uh, serving in ministry together during that whole time. And that's the reason why I have her on today. We're taking a little different tack here. Uh, and the question that we're answering here or trying to give from life experience uh, and direction of God's word is is this, is what would you tell, what would we tell our younger selves before going into ministry, vocational ministry together? So I know that this will mean a lot for a more narrower uh, part of my, our audience, the followers of podcasts, but I hope it is of a blessing to you. And I hope that it uh, helps you in some of the decisions that uh, if you're a young couple or you're a person wanting to go into ministry and you're going to marry uh, soon, uh, then this will be important for you. So anyway, Denise. Yes. So when did you sense a call to ministry? Um, around 16 years old. Mm -hmm. um, I was already serving in my church, in my home church, and uh, my family served in the church. We didn't serve together, but we served um, in our church. And our church was a very, or continues to be, uh, a very missions-minded church. So we had missionaries in all the time, missions conferences. Um, like I said, I, I helped serve in the kids' ministry. I loved my youth group. We That was my world, was youth group, and then serving in our church. And I just felt the Lord calling me to be a missionary. And I knew it was going to be a Spanish-speaking country. I had no clue um, where that was going to be. I had no clue the steps to that. But it was about 16 years old. But I didn't obey that call until I was around 20 hmm. for various reasons. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I never knew that before. Oh, I'm kidding. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> um, Surprise. And for me, uh, I was, uh, she, of course, is in Texas. We didn't know each other uh, way back then and uh, until college. And uh, But I was, uh, I grew up in South Florida in the Miami, Fort Lauderdale area, Hollywood specifically. And that's where my home church was as well. Uh, it's where I come to know Christ. I went to the school there that the church sponsored. My mom worked there. Um, my dad didn't know the Lord, um, but um, anyway, so grew up in a wonderful environment, heard the gospel, responded to the gospel at the age of 15 at my first summer youth camp. And uh, then um, as uh, that was in my ninth, 10th grade year in high school, and then as getting into my 12th grade year, my senior year, in high school, I was I was planning on going into radio broadcasting, communications. Um, it uh, that was exploding back then in growth, Christian broadcasting, and so I was really excited about that. I had been taught and trained in using soundboards and in a large auditorium. I grew up in a large church and had a huge soundboard, all those kind of things. So I wanted to go into broadcasting, be a part of that movement of of getting uh, the message out through radio. Um, but then just somewhere along the line, uh, I can remember this just kind of stirring in my heart to want to go into more uh, direct vocational ministry and like preaching, teaching type thing. But my whole thought was, as I felt the Lord dealing with me about that inside, uh, uh, and I can't pinpoint when or if there was a certain thing somebody said, it just started about halfway through my senior year when I had all these other plans, was... Um, I thought, how can I help other people do what they're going to do or should do for the Lord when I can't even get my own self together? Um, and I went talk to my youth pastor, and um, I was—I remember talking to him about it and, and saying, he just said, well, Walter, always remember that God does not call the equipped. He equips those 
that he calls. And so that kind of took the rug of excuses out from under me. And, um, and then uh, I just remember my mom was homesick, very rare. Uh, on a weekend, on a Sunday, she didn't go to church. I went on ahead. I was driving by that time on my own and uh, took the family car, went to church that morning. And in the sermon, I can't, again, don't even remember who was preaching, what was said. I just remember God saying, you need to choose this for me. This is what I'm calling you to do. And I went forward and uh, I can remember coming in the door at home and my mom was laying on the couch with a blanket over her. She was still trying to recuperate from my, it was like a flu type thing, I think. And uh, said, mom, I just surrendered the ministry. And she's like, oh, okay, that's, that's wonderful, you know. <laughs> so she couldn't quite fully express herself because she had a sore throat and all that other stuff. So, uh, but anyway, so that's where it began. And then um, uh, we both ended up at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, going into ministry. And that's where we met to get trained for ministry. And uh, my senior year, and it was your second year, sophomore. your sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we uh, started dating and just going out, having wonderful time, talked a lot, and uh, instantly realized uh, that we both had the same goals that God and callings that God had given us. And then I asked her to marry me. So, but yeah. I had no clue where Argentina was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By then, I'd already been exactly. I'd already been on a missions trip and to Argentina my junior yeah, you year. Skipped all about the, the about missions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I kind of did. Sorry. So um, <laughs> anyway, so we I had gone on a missions trip and uh, with the church that I attended there, our college group. Several went on this trip as. I was the sound engineer and backup singer for a singing group that went and did a two-week tour of churches in Argentina, and that was in 1984. And uh, and so I uh, came back, and I was extremely burdened and excited at the same time, but I didn't want to make an emotional decision, and I pushed it off for months. I felt God calling me to, to go there as a missionary, and um, finally I surrendered to that and followed God's uh, calling to do that, and so that's why she was like, Where's Argentina? So yeah, you know, was, I'm not good with geography. So it's like, okay, where is that? What language do they speak? Yeah, exactly. And lo and behold, it was Spanish. And uh, okay, well, I, I guess this is part of God's calling. You know, being willing to go where He was leading me us to go. So yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um. So all right. So fast forward a little bit. Um, we were, um, finished out the training time there and, and education. Um, and then we're called to our first church in Missouri to be on staff there, uh, in, uh, Lebanon, Missouri for about a year and a half, roughly. And then, uh, things changed there. We came back to my home church, which at that time was First Baptist Church of West Hollywood, now Hollywood Community Church in Hollywood, Florida. And, um... I uh, was on staff, and uh, our pastor had been a former missionary to Brazil, has now been back in Brazil for many years after uh, being pastor at my, ho our, my home church for so many years and our home church. And so we went out, raised our support, and, and uh, finally got to Argentina after about a year and a half and began a new ministry there. And so um, I think it, being in ministry, I'm going to go right into this, and that is uh, the balance between ministry and family, okay? Um, but you know what, on second thought, before I go into that, let me ask you this. How, what, what, what do you think, what do we think, talking to another, again, a younger couple going into, wanting to go into ministry or feeling God's call going into ministry, what do they need to be prepared for? Um, how important is it that you both are on the same page as far as God's dealing with you and what he wants you to do. You're asking my opinion? Yeah. My thoughts? Well, if you're not on the same page, I don't think you can... The ministry is going to be blessed as much as God wants to bless it because mm -hmm. you have one person that's supported but supported but maybe not on board you know and how can they be a part of the ministry um and i think we've seen that in both of our lives we've seen that happen um 
and a, many of many times the marriage does not uh, stay together in the end. Uh, other times the marriage stays together, but they end up going the other direction with the Lord hmm. or without the Lord, I guess would be better said. Hmm. Or in the middle where they they decide that they don't they don't serve and they just they remain married, but they attend church and maybe serve in their church, but not as pastors or leaders or missionaries. Um, so I, it does have an effect, um, I, I believe. And sometimes it's interesting. You hear people that talk about how God has called the woman, but has not called the husband yet. And so she prays and waits, and maybe he never calls the husband mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and But in order to have a, I guess, successful in the Lord ministry, you need to be on the same page because there are times that it, it, you can become jealous of the people. If you're a woman, you can become jealous of the people that your husband's spending time with yeah. rather than... Because he's spending more time with them, maybe even more than it may you at times. come across that way. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that can really, you know, rear its ugly head in the marriage and the family and a lot of bitterness can take hold and, uh, and stuff. So you really do need to be on the same page. Um, and then because that's a marriage anyway, is being on the same page, moving forward together. Right. And, uh, and in ministry, it's even more so because the enemy doesn't like what you're doing for the kingdom. Yeah. And so he's going to fight it even harder. Exactly. And he'll aim just like Jesus said, he's, you know, his goal is to steal, steal, kill and destroy, uh, those who follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so his sheep. And so, um, and he's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it try to drive a wedge in the and, family yeah in the family and uh and between the couple and uh and then there and also separate them from serving the lord yeah. by separating them so yeah. it's you know i i and again for both of us we had previously dated a other person for a while had a relationship before uh but in in my instance uh finally the young lady just said look i i'm not going to the mission field and that was really, actually, even though it hurt me deeply at that time, because I didn't even know De- Denise yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was the one at that time, but it that she did that was brave and courageous and really the right thing to do because it probably saved um, us both from mm-hmm. some horrendous things that could have happened later in life. Yeah. So, um, so then at that time, I thought, okay, Lord, I'm just going to focus on what you want and put my head in, fully into my studies and and uh, the ministry that God given me there while in college as well. And so uh, then we met and we talked about, first thing, I think we both, it's not like we sat at the table and said, okay, what are you going to do right now? Yeah. You know, because then we're not going out again after this. <laughs> it wasn't like that, but it was kind of, I know we just naturally were feeling each other out in the first date or two. Yeah. Not that we were like, okay, I'm going to marry you unless, you know. But we it were was both just, missions majors. Yeah, so. yeah, so it wasn't foreign to us. So we were just... What is it you really want God to do? We're just feeling each other out. And that's important in the relationship. If you're looking, you sense that calling to ministry, uh, that uh, that you both are are coming at, from the same from the same frame of mind yeah. uh, in the first place. Even if maybe you find out later that you're not meant for each other, you know you're still following the Lord in obedience in some way. After that, to continue to go into ministry, so. Um, we were just very careful that, you know, when we felt really uh, well, crazy about each other, <laughs> uh, but the, to really understand that the Lord was in this 100%. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're saying uh, a lot there, which is a great segue talking about that then into the question that I was going to go into, and that is balancing ministry and family. Okay, so now we're talking about the stage that you are solidly now serving in ministry, whether in a local church um, and, uh, or as missionaries or in a parachurch ministry, whatever you're in ministry serving like this, other people, uh, you, you're beginning to start ahead. Let's say you we're also talking about the stage where you're already beginning to, uh, start a family. Okay. And so now there's children and this is all fully established. Your ministry's already beginning to develop. Um, but what about how do you balance ministry and family? Because I can remember even before I was in marriage, before I was married, I sat down with my pastor 
Dr. Ackerman at that time, and he told me, um, he's, one of the things he told me, he says, when you go into ministry, he said, I, I, for years it was taught to us, in other words, those before us, generations before us, to many in ministry that you take care of the ministry, God will take care of your family. And he told me very young, uh, before I even was, I think I was just going into Bible college, he said, remember that I'm telling you this, mm-hmm. uh, that that's a lie. That is a lie. And so um, I've never forgotten that, held on to that, that wisdom, that sage advice from the Lord uh, through him. And so I uh, uh, just wanted to make sure that I had a balanced family with ministry. Mm-hmm. And even knowing that, though, you still drift. So, you know, too much, maybe one way or the other. So I don't know what your response to that is or your thoughts. Well, yeah, I think it depends on um, just like with anything, I mean, careers, this is, we, we are in, you're in career ministry, labeled that. And so just like with any career, you have to set boundaries or that career will absorb you, consume you until you have nothing left but that career. And then at the end of the day, you may not even have the career left. And so it's just one of those things that we've had to um, through our years of marriage, we, we've had to maneuver through and, and we had to, nobody, he, he told you that and he taught you that. Um, but it's one of those things where people can tell you all they want and, te- and give you the wisdom, but you have to put it to practice. Yeah. 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 And so we had, to, our boundaries ended up having to, they change um, time to time, depending on the season of when we're raising kids, of what age they are, and um, what they're doing, we you know have to make sure that the family remains the priority, you know, and each other. Um, and I think that within in any marriage, we can always the, change the priorities to who's who's first in our lives. Obviously, God needs to be, but. Yeah. Our, our husband, our wife, we need to have next, our kids, and then whatever that, if that's ministry or if that's the career, then, you know, all those other things need to come before that. Again, there are, in ministry, there are different times and seasons that it changes. Someone's in need. Someone's has a, a, a dying relative that you need to, that your husband needs to spend time with. Um, getting ready for a message, getting ready for uh, a ministry trip, you know, different things. But you know those things are coming, so you plan around them. You know, set that time apart and not be all-consuming, you know, because, again, you can become very jealous of the time that they're given. And and women in their ministries, you know, I'm not saying it's just men, but women in their ministries can end up giving so much more time to their ministries that it overshadows their families as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so it's a, it's in both. It's not just one or the other. It's not just the pastor. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and the understanding too, and you, you mentioned this in a way that, you know, there are moments where, and it's always going to seem to happen when there's uh, a major birthday party. Uh, there's, uh, just uh, a wonderful uh, school play or something, something will inevitably come up at the same time mm-hmm. and where you're called out in an emergency to respond. Um, and so as you that happens, there are moments where that sacrifice is made when it is an illegitimate emergency and uh, and that just or understanding that that's just that's part of what you know dad does uh, has to do. By the same token, another mentor of mine in ministry, he's been also with the Lord for many years now already, but he would tell me, he said, he goes, not, here's an, this is important advice, okay, about this, in balancing family and ministry. Um, and I, we want to pass it on to you. And that is what he taught me very early on while I was on staff in my home church, just getting our feet wet still in ministry before we went to Argentina And he said, not every emergency is an emergency. So he gave the example, a classic example uh, early on in his life uh, with he and his wife and the kids were small and 
And uh, this, this lady called and said, Pastor, you need to come over right now. We're in a major fight. We need you to intervene. And uh, it, you, you've got to come over now. And he just thought, he said, it just thought crossed my mind. I said, how long have you all been dealing with this issue? Oh, for years. And he said, well, to be honest, you can handle one more night. I'll make an appointment. Let's talk tomorrow. And uh, now when you're first, <laughs> you know, First in ministry, you'd be like, I'll be right over there, you know, and then, you know, and left your kids in the smoke, you know, behind you and and some special night, maybe it was pizza movie night at home or something like that, or you all were going to, you know, and then only to get there and you're like, I, this is not going to, if it's not going to be resolved immediately or overnight, then it's, it's not going to be. (laughs) And so it can be handled. And that's something that was going to take years to unravel through counseling weeks and months. So there's just a cloud. Not every emergency is an emergency. So that was something that uh, I, you know, I had to learn to filter through constantly. Still do, even mm-hmm. now that our kids are grown, have their own families. Um, but there was something also when we were in Argentina. You know, I'm there. There, this was life changing for me and caused me to wake up and. Call, <laughs> uh, but um, out of the mouths of babes. Out of the mouths of babes, uh, and that was mm-hmm. that. Uh, I was in, in the throes, if you will, of just getting our own ministry started. For the first couple of years, we were in another church, interning on the field, kind of uh, gaining experience, but also dedicating ourselves to learning the language well. So we were in language classes constantly. And uh, then when we went on a short furlough, came back to begin our ministry, um, I know I've got you know just so many churches, so many people that are sacrificially giving their offerings to support me so I do the work of the ministry. So I'm I'm thinking I've got to save the world, like today, yesterday. And it's all on me. Uh, the, there's no other missionaries, you know. <laughs> it's not that you literally think that, but you, you're acting like that. So why? Because you're on fire, you're passionate about it. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so I remember I was starting to have, we were starting to have this momentum start where people were knocking on our door, people that we built relationships with, up and down the street in the neighborhood, Argentines who would say, hey, I want to start a Bible study, or hey, I have a question. I literally had one come to the door and just said, hey, my mom needs to talk to you, and you know, been through a situation, I led her to the Lord right there. Um, but it hit at the right moment where I was free and able to do it and went over there gladly. But here's what I'm getting at. One night I, I had, so that momentum build, and I was having more one-on-one discipleship almost every day, almost every night now, um, somewhere. And so I was starting to head out the door, and Marissa was three, four, four, five-ish at the most, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten age. And she just innocently just said, Daddy, are you leaving again? And Emphasis on again. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, yeah, I remember I was opening the door, starting to step out when she said that, and it just hit me. And I think I knelt down to hug her or something, and I Probably. and I still went ahead and went out and finished that. But I started realizing I I don't have to save the world. It still struggled with that, mm-hmm. you know. But it was, you know, I was able to begin to put a little more control on that and grow out of that. Then I remember when we came back to the states after eight years of ministry in Argentina and starting a new work in uh, Broward County, a, a bilingual church, just getting started, and. Uh, and we were started, We were able to use the facility of a church nearby of a pastor who had been one of my youth pastors at one time, and that church was started out of my home church, and uh, and just by example, he was he forced his staff to make sure that they were home at least three to four nights a week. They couldn't be out constantly doing ministry. Okay, so that was a rule, and so that also here it is years later, and it was like you know I want to I think. Uh, it's okay for me to practice the same thing in our mm-hmm. church, you know, and in our ministry. So that's that's a big balance there. I, I think we were trying to be careful too because we were fortunate uh, because of funding of family outside of ours that our kids were able to go to Christian school. When, now, this is when we're back in the States and doing our ministry here. Um, and uh, But I think throughout our ministry, we tried not to— this won't, may not sound right, but we tried not to oversaturate our kids with just church, 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 and, and everything like that. So we didn't have a, like this formal devotional together as a family in the morning, even though you're constantly told you should. 
Um, they were going to a Christian school and I, what we weren't just like letting them do the job of our family or our job as parents, but they were there all day and it was a part of their everyday life. You know, uh, Christian pledge to the Christian flag, pledge to the Bible, the, uh, devotions, chapels, but all they, that plus church on the weekends. Yeah, they were a part of our ministry though. Right. And so that's right. where you're going with that. We yeah. had, we had to realize that not only did they go to Christian school and not only did they live in the house of, of, of in a pastor's family, you know, a ministry family's home where, um, not that that makes it perfect <laughs> by no means does it. Um, but they were also involved in ministry with us. We didn't force them into ministry. We didn't force them to do things that they didn't right. want to do. But church was non-negotiable. We went to church together. Um, and yeah, they ended up having to stay a little longer because of that. They ended up having to um, help clean up and do that. But that's part of serving the Lord anyway. And so that was our way teaching them that... This is how we serve the Lord. It may not be teaching. It may not be singing. It may not be leading kids, but serving the Lord is serving in any way possible. It could be picking up after lunch. It could be uh, waiting just a few minutes so their dad could have a few minutes with someone that needed to talk mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. You know, going to lunch a little bit later because that need was there and that time was there, you know. So, um, I, I, so what you were saying about saturating, we tried our hardest not to, not to um, get to the point where they hated going to church, where they hated hearing about the Lord, where they didn't just want to be there. And so it's a fine line to walk um, as parents in ministry. Yeah, you know, but. We, we worked at it. I'm, I'm not saying that we were the best at it. I mean, if we could go back, I'm sure there are oh. things that we could. Yeah. We could. And there, you know, it's funny having adult kids now that when we talk about things like this, you know, they'll share. They'll share with us. And there sometimes we go, I'm sorry. And they'll go, no, no, no. We're not saying this because we want you because you did anything wrong. We're just saying thank you that you didn't have enough money to buy us a car like everybody else's parents had money to buy a car. Mm -hmm. You didn't have enough money to send us to college. You didn't go into debt for us, uh, and you didn't want us to go into debt. You know, there were certain things that we just could not do. Um, and they knew that, and they learned through that. And at the time, it might have been hard, but as they're adults and they have kids of their own, they're like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. You know, and they do serve. To, to the three, and the three were all serving at one time, but um, two of the three serve now, mm -hmm. and their husbands serve. And so it's just a joy to see that, you know, God's seed was planted and it's grown. Yeah. So I'm sorry. No, I and I, I think that's right. The, the biggest thing is not trying to put the expectations on them that they've got to be little pastors and pastorettes. Uh, you know, and we really fought hard against that. We also tried to protect them from legalism. That was very common in our movement. And so I, we, you know, and just being a family and it doesn't have to always be just church stuff, you know, and, uh, just going to the beach, you know, taking that trip that we'd planned for the last two, three years and saved up for, for Disney or something like that, or, you know, or the little things, uh, uh you know, to, or, take my daughters some places, date my daughters. I still do as a dad. I still get to go out with them. We'll have lunch together or dinner together once in a while, and their wonderful husbands will let me do that. And so. they still like spending time with us. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's crazy is, see, so, you know, yeah. even in all of our uh, rough times and learning through times and the growing pains of family, yeah. our kids actually, and I'm going to cry at this, but our kids actually love spending time with us. And... Um, that's the amazing part of all this is yeah. the kids, every Sunday is our family day. And we set that time aside. I mean, not every Sunday, but practically every Sunday, it's family day. Yeah. And we, we laugh, we play games, we pick on each other, bring up old things that just won't die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyway. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's, uh, and you say, well, it sounds really kind of nitpicky in a way, just because the, the devil's in the details, as the phrase goes. 
And uh, if he can get in the details and 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 make those things and just eat at the roots, you know, um, and uh, of your relationship till it starts rotting from within, then you know, then you're in trouble. Just don't let it happen and and put up the barriers. Boundaries, I think, is boundaries are good. Boundaries are really good. So making sure that you understand the boundaries and that you, as a husband and wife, and as parents, are in agreement with that. Hold to those. Um, and what needs to be kept in those boundaries, kept outside of those boundaries for, to protect your family and your marriage, uh, must definitely be that. Mm-hmm. One of the things too, uh, that's general, I think in, in any, uh, type of ministry in, in pe- period. And that is, uh, the old Billy Graham rule that's now I'm talking about in the circle of just the marriage itself, um, is that, um, I, you know, that, and what, what is the Billy Graham rule? It's the the fact. It's the rule of I will not be alone with someone of the opposite sex, okay, uh, without con- without being in con- at least in context or view of other people, you know. So uh, I never would go out, you know, to lunch or to eat uh, with another woman, even uh, just begging for some counsel or something. Just would not do that. Did not ever be want to be seen. In fact, one time when we were in Argentina. Uh, there was a couple that we knew, Argentine couple. They, their daughter went to our, uh, the same school as, as ours. And, um, and so he, I remember him talking to me in confidence at times that they were really going through some really big, harsh times in their uh, marriage. Um, and so uh, one day I'm, at a ta- I'm waiting for a taxi to go downtown to do my usual list of things that had to be done. And, uh, I was getting in the taxi finally that I waited for. And then she just kind of popped in alone. And, uh, and so you think, well, that's, you know, you're just, yeah, it was public transportation. Well, yeah, the taxi driver was there. That wasn't so much the problem, but it was just, there was just something weird about it. And then as we got, we were getting close to downtown, I said, just let me off here. And, uh, and so as soon as I got off and, and, uh, and I, I immediately called my wife that we had cell phones by then and, uh, told her what had happened just so she knew. Cause in case anybody ever saw me downtown from the church or anybody else as well, um, that, you know, Hey, who was pastor Walt with? That's not his wife, you know? And I wanted her to know what had happened and, and everything. So just, you're putting boundaries up. You're making sure that you know, at the church, I've never counseled a woman alone uh, without at least being in view. In other words, the door was open or there's glass windows in our door and and we're in there and it's a place where people are in and out. They look in all the time. That that was permissible, but otherwise never alone uh, with another woman, uh, myself, so, and uh, her likewise with a man. So uh, anyway, so those are just, I know we're spending a, a bulk of time on this, but on purpose because this is where it's going to rise or fall. Uh, and so if we can be of help in that area. Um, so um, I think i uh, ask this question too, is what is uh, maybe um, one, one sad moment and one really great moment oh, gosh. in ministry for us? I think sad moments are when you, whether it's he as a pastor or us as a couple, invest in others and they leave. Yeah, just walk off and... You invest, whether whether they're having um, issues, marital issues, or maybe it's not even a married couple or it's it's a person... Um, you they they seek counsel you give counsel um spend time mentoring discipling and for whatever reason and it and and they just leave and i and i think that goes back to the the point of you get you you want that as a as a human being we want someone to talk to you to share with to dump on to guide us to to help us to pray for us but then i think sometimes what happens is is that person that you feel the most vulnerable with in those areas 
they get to know the real you, and then at some point they don't want you to see the real them. Oh my gosh, they see me who for who I really am. I can't be here anymore because everybody else is going to find out, or um, I can't I can't hide it anymore. I can't hide the real me anymore because somebody knows the real me. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times it's, it, they feel best that they just walk away. That hurts because it's it's not the fact that you've given up. It's not just the fact that you've given up time, but you've you've tried to help them. You've been there. You've become their friend, their mentor, and they uh, and and they leave. And so that that is very hard, especially for us emotional being women. Because um, because you become so invested in people, and for the and for the pastors, you know, these are people that hopefully one day will lead in church, will lead in the work, and will lead in pass that, the baton baton to yeah, yeah, and then they walk away. And I think sometimes too, the hard the hard rea- harsh reality is is we're people too, we're human beings, we make mistakes, we will fail. We will say something that might hurt someone that's unintentional. Uh, the words come out. You can't get the words back, yeah. but you can for you can ask for forgiveness and come humbly to them, and then um, and then they then the balls in their court to forgive or not. So I think that that's hard too. Is the reality that we are people. We will fail. Yeah. Um, but God still, you know, is still sovereign and still will use us. A great experience is when those people that you've invested in take up that baton and lead. You can walk away from that ministry, that particular ministry. And I'm, I'm not I'm not saying necessarily the church itself, but you can walk away from said ministry and let someone else just take it and run with it. And you're just like, oh. Finally, it's a thrill. Thank yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Or as a missionary, you leave a work, and that's what you're supposed to do. We were trained to train up and leave. Yeah. You don't. It, it obviously, if it, it, in God's timing, but uh, that's the greatest thing is that when people get saved, discipled, ministry, and you leave that in their hands. And uh, that's the that's the greatest thing. Yeah, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too, by saying that, it's like for instance, we're not saying it's you know it's he's like well you don't own them you know or oh, no. <laughs> you know and that's uh, we know we don't but we're not talking about moments that are bittersweet where you know they sense you know they they're they're ready and they're full and they leave because God's calling right. them to do something that's else different. somewhere else. that's 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 the goal that's part of the goal really you know unless God calls them to stay there and continue the ministry and you step back like she said uh that that's not what we're talking about right. but we're talking about we're just you know uh, I'm out of here you know you know there's been 5 6 years of emotional spiritual investment discipleship in them and then they just go meh I'm leaving Oh, okay. You know, uh, and I've literally had that happen. I, you know, I remember we years ago we had a young couple that was just looked very promising potential. I'd helped them with so much, uh, the church. I mean, as a, as in, as a whole, and then just they weren't around a couple of Sundays, and I'm thinking, wow, they might be ready for. I might be ready to place him and her in, in this kind of ministry, and and then. Um, and then all of a sudden it was just, oh yeah, we're not going back because we're, well, we're, you know, we're going to be Calvinists now. And I, we weren't. And that Cal- was by text. And we weren't, yeah, and by text, you know, which I know is a modern thing to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't no conversation, no, hey, let's have lunch. I'm struggling with this. What do you think? It was just, oh yeah, we're not coming back because, you know, and we weren't of Calvin. And I'm not talking, the point here isn't about Calvinism yeah. or not. It was the fact that it was just overnight, like literally, like we'd hadn't even had a conversation over this really, uh, was just gone because of, I wasn't a Calvinist and some this, so there was something else there, I think, but, uh, or this is something that had been a pattern in their life before with others and we hadn't seen it and known about it. Nobody warned us about. So that, you know, that's that kind of thing. Um, and so those, those are, those are difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some years back, uh, in a church that we, uh, were able to help start and was growing, flourishing, uh, uh, we had, uh, a man that I had invested time in, had put into places of ministry, 
and then uh, found then he was having secret meetings at home and then split the church, took a third or more of our folks and left. Uh, and that hurt us in so many ways about gave me a heart attack, uh, as well. And I, and I, I mean, literally physically, it was, it was bearing down on me what happened there and, and just by the grace of God and my wonderful loving wife, um, and the good people that remained, uh, we pressed forward. And then it wasn't about a year later that we had a time of flourishing, uh, and saw all of a sudden a run of people being saved and baptized. And, and, uh, and so it was, it was, you know, God just, there was just no other way around it. God was allowing it to happen for his reasons. But that, those have been really hard times. So if you, as a, our point with mentioning this isn't just to go down memory lane here uh, and, and bore you to death with these stories. The, the point is, is that you, you need to be strong and united and you, you, need, to, you need to be one. As its Bible speaks about oneness in marriage and your kids are going to need that, you are going to need that. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean you're always in agreement. doesn't mean that you don't, you know, try to talk things out that, you know, that you don't agree with and you settle to, to not agree. We're not talking about that. They're, those are the moments. That's just part of marriage. But when you're in ministry in particular, uh, you, you've got not just your family, but there's also a church family. And, uh, and you're already, you know, your kids already feel like they're in a bubble or in an aquarium entry being watched all the time. And, uh, but it's, uh, you know, you've got to be tight. You just, you've got to be tight and you've got to be tight together with the Lord and always walking with him, even because the, these battles will come. They but will come. But you've also got to be strong in the Lord separately. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. your own individual walk with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. because you, you can't be strong in the Lord together unless you're strong in the Lord separately too. Um, you can't, you're, as a woman, your husband is your pastor and for some women, that's a hard it's that's that's a hard thing to to be real about. But he is my pastor, and I do refer to him. And some people will laugh at this, but when we are with our church family, he is Pastor Walt, and I refer to him. And it's not because it's some submissive thing; it's because that's how I am showing him honor and showing him respect as my pastor in front of others. In front of others, yeah. and because how are others going to show their pastor respect unless they see the one that's right next to him or about supporting him shows him that as well. And that's, that's a hard thing to learn too, as a wife, you know, you're not, and I'm still learning it because you're not at home. And so when you get it, when you, when you're at church, you can't treat him like you're at home. And, and I still will do that sometimes. And, um, and that's, that's, bad on me because I for I am who I am. What you see is what you get. And sometimes I, at church, I'm the same. I'll have some people come in, they'll say, hey, first lady. No, I'm just a niece. You know? <laughs> and, and so I, you know, I, I'm just who I am. And I just happen to be married to the pastor. And so I try to, to remind myself that um, not to put him on this, um, you know, thing that's higher than all others. No, he is the same as all of us. At the foot of the cross, we're all the same. But yet he is the under shepherd and God has called him to do what he's doing. And so I need to respect him and to show that respect and honor as others should. And uh, I, that was not discussed. We did, That's not part of our things, but I just wanted to throw that. And your kids will notice that too and how they treat their dad at church. Not as he's super pastor, but he's their pastor too. And uh, it, it just, it, it comes with the territory. And we, and we um, that's, a, it's, that's also, there's a lot of fine lines in ministry, and this is one of them. So, um, you know, I just, you know, wanna encourage the women to look, you know, don't, when, don't look at him as just your husband, he is your pastor. And we should respect them as such, um, and so and pray for them as our pastor. But at so, home, I'm just your husband. But at home, he's just the man. <laughs> I'm the neck. He's I'm the, the head, head of the she's home. The neck, yeah. I'm the neck. So, yeah. There's a long one with that. Too, so. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, you know, and, and another little tidbit here uh, is, I think letting each other as husband and wife also have uh, our separate time, like. You know, girl time and guy time and hobby time 
apart from each other, where things that feed yourself personally and allowing your spouse to have that space and that time to enjoy that type of thing too. It's good to know, you know if you have something like that. He has some good hobby things and I'm like, hmm, what is that? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Still. <laughs> but anyway, just trying new things and giving space. So you'll notice it's, a, a, you know, yes, there's a uniqueness to the ministry, marriage and family, uh, but the same principles that guide any marriage, you know, any man or woman can get, uh, you know, if you're not a ministry, maybe it's in the business you own and run together. You know, the same marriage principles that hold us together are going to hold you together. They're the, the things that God's given us. When I say principles, I'm talking about the biblical principles and how, and being applied to real life. You run a business or you both work, uh, you know, as I'm a corporate chaplain. So a lot of the companies that go into, uh, there are husband and wife teams that they don't own the business or run it, but they work together in that business. Uh, one per couple in particular I can think of right now there, and he, he, he manages, a, a, a warehouse and she manages the office of another. And so I'm sure there's times where they clash, you know, and, so, you know, these same things uh, will operate and help uh, to uh, manage your, your, your marriage, make it successful in the midst of all the pushback and the headwinds that you run into in this world. And I think it's important just to, to, to be proactive as much as you can with the Holy Spirit's guidance to be proactive and not knowing the things that are out there that are common to breaking up a marriage or a family and in, in any context and, and prepare and put boundaries in place and put on the armor of God where you need to, uh, in those areas, especially, uh, to be prepared for the onslaught. Okay. And, uh, and then not letting the devil have the victory. Okay. So, uh, and then there's all the internal things that you grew up with, the internal battles. You know, I grew up in the home of essentially an alcoholic and he was physically abusive uh, with my mother, especially, and also myself. And, and uh, so, you know, there's a lot of baggage throughout your life that you carry with that, but it's by the grace of God, you submit that, you know, and my wife has her things and her background. So you got all the internal baggage uh, that you've got to release and let go and let God take care of and, and to not let it, um, continue and perpetuate in your marriage as well. And so anyway, can I add one? Yeah, let's add, is there any last thing real quick before we wrap this up? Because not every couple is going to surrender or be in ministry as far as a pastor or missionary. Um, but you can be in ministry in your local church. And um, that's just as important, just if not, I'm not saying it's even more important, but it is important to serve in your local church, be active. You know, God wants us to obey, you know, for following him. If we're Christ followers, we've given our life to him. He wants, he wants us to serve him in our local church. And so um, if you're not currently doing that at the moment, I would encourage you to seek God's will and where you can serve in your church as a couple, as a family, or just as an individual at the moment. And then maybe God will open the door as a couple. And uh, you're, I'll, I'll tell you from experience, your pastor will be more than thrilled to say, you know, let's look at that. Let's pray and see where God is leading you to be involved in this ministry. You know, and don't be afraid of it. We're we're like he said, we're here to to help you. You're, we're not just gonna say, "Hey, here's a here's a kids class. Have at it. Have fun. See you." No, we're going to help you be equipped. We're going to teach you the ropes, and and you don't have to go to a Bible college to teach Sunday school class. Let me just say that. Um, exactly. And you don't have to go to Bible college to lead in worship. To, and, um, you know, there's, there's so much that we can do in our local church that so many are afraid to do because they don't have a Bible background that it's really affecting the churches as a whole mm. as far as ministry goes. So don't let the enemy sit there and chirp in your ear and say you're not good enough because by God's grace you are. And we need, we need you, mm. honestly. Yeah. We need yeah. you. The gene pool is shrinking out there. Uh, of those that are 
stepping forward into ministry, especially married couples together. And so, yeah, yeah very true. We need you. Yeah, we need you. So yeah. don't, don't Kingdom shy away and, and don't defeat. Don't be defeated. You yeah. know, let's, let's do it together because it can be done. Yeah. And I think the only last thing I would say is that mini- serving in ministry does doesn't keep you from having a good marriage. Mm. And uh, marriage, being married, doesn't keep you from having a good ministry. You know, uh, when, and like I say, we always on Truth Unbound, we, we look to God's answers for the dilemmas and challenges in life and, and the culture. And when God, looking to Genesis 1 and 2, God put Adam and Eve on this earth to uh, rule over it in his stead, to manage it, to be stewards of it, to develop it, and to do so together. Yes, the man was the head of the relationship, but they were one, and they both shaped and molded uh, what God wanted uh, them to do with the entire earth and with their family. And pop, you know, so uh, it, it was a partnership, and it's the same in the ministry that God gives us. Uh, to be you're in partnership together. Yes, there is a functioning hierarchy of roles, if you will, but um, you're still equal in value and in serving the Lord together. And you just need to do everything you can to protect that, uh, because if you know, like my pastor told me, you know, uh, don't believe the lie that you you take care of the church, God take care of your family. It's not true. Uh, you need to take care of your family and take care of God's ministry, and both are doable. Mm-hmm. if you do it according to God's principles. So yep. anyway, well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> so thank you all again for walking through this personal time with us. And uh, hopefully this has been of help, will be of help uh, to others uh, as uh, they turn in love to with one another as a young couple uh, and also with love for what God's calling them to do in ministry. And hopefully this will be of help and our experience be able to share some of that wisdom from that with you and uh, that it'll help you advance and, and to do things that maybe there's something you heard today, like, gosh, I never thought of that, you know, and hopefully we've been able to help in that way as well. Well, again, thank you again. And want to encourage you to, um, if you, especially with all of Truth Unbound and everything that we do, uh, is uh, make sure that uh, if you want to hear the latest, you want to make sure you get more of this, you want more, uh, and also you want others to know about it and to grow the uh, uh, Truth Unbound family, then um, make sure that you click on like, click for all notifications on YouTube, click to uh, follow the podcast, uh, subscribe to the podcast, as well as share the link to this and our other podcast with everyone that you know and you can. Uh, whether you do it on your Facebook page or Instagram or just over a text, whatever, uh, share it with everybody you can. And remember to follow Jesus, because when you follow Jesus, you'll always, you will always follow the truth. Until next time.